0: Good afternoon and good evening to everyone. My name is Dave Frankowski, and I'll be your moderator for today's class. And welcome to another lecture given by the Oceanside, California class. This is a school and not a church. Neither are we affiliated with any religious organization. The school is a nonprofit, non denominational, religious, and scientific research organization dedicated to showing proof of the existence of Yahweh our Elohim and the operation of his eternal purpose, pattern and plan operating throughout eternity to this present day. This school was established as a result of a divine vision and revelation given unto our founder, Dr. Henry Clifford Kinley in the state of Ohio in the year of 1931. We were incorporated in the state of California in the year of 1958, and we hold classes in the United States and in various other countries. The Oceanside class was established in 1994. At this time, I'd like to introduce to you the dean of the Oceanside class, Dr. Dennis Volpe, and the president, Dr. Carl Emler. Now, in this school, we use the true, correct, and original name and title for the Father, the Word or Son, and the Holy Spirit, which are contained in the original Hebrew text, or encyclopedia, would prove that neither the Hebrew, the Greek, nor the Latin languages have any letters or characters in their alphabet that would produce the sound that is made by the letter J. Neither was there a letter J in our own English language until some 1,400 years after the death of the Messiah, which would make such names as Jesus and Jehovah impossible renderings for the true name of our Father and his Son. Christ is a title just like Lord and God. Yahweh is pure and incomprehensible and inscrutable. He is the ultimate source, substance, the limits and the bounds of everything that exists. We have Yahweh in his pure spirit, on this chart as a cloud. Yahweh is not a cloud. He merely chose a and form. And we've drawn this cloud all around the edges of this chart to show that everything on the chart is within the cloud. In like manner, everything in the universe abides. Yahweh, knowing that man could not perceive of him in his pure spirit state, took on shape and took on form right within himself as Yahweh Elohim, corporeal being, that is, having the shape and form of a man, but without flesh and blood. Later on, this self-same spirit manifest himself in a physical body and walked the earth plane as Yahshua the Messiah, who the whole world calls Jesus Christ. Now, there's only one name given unto salvation, and we must know that name. So a simple yet intelligent question that we should ask ourselves is, what did they call the Savior when he walked the earth plane? And a further understanding of this name and title may be had by reading the preface to the Holy Name Bible. Also in this school, we teach by the divine pattern of the universe. It's the divine pattern because it's Yahweh's pattern. After Yahweh led the children of Israel out of the land of Egypt, he called Moses on top of Mount Sinai, and he showed him this threefold tabernacle pattern in a vision. Later on, Yahweh instructed Moses to build one exactly like it in the wilderness of Sinai, just like the one he had seen in his vision on the mount. And the tabernacle pattern is a threefold pattern consisting of a most holy place, a holy place, and a court roundabout. These three compartments make up the one tabernacle pattern. In this school, we show proof that everything in the universe is made and it operates according to the structure and the function of this threefold tabernacle pattern and that absolutely nothing escapes the pattern. The school has 10 primary constitutional objectives and aims and they are as follows. One, to help you find and know Yahweh our Elohim as he really is and actually exists. Two, to form a nucleus of universal brotherhood of humanity in Yahshua the Messiah without distinction of race, nationality, creed, sex, caste, or color. Three, to investigate the unexplained spirit law or so called law of nature and the powers latent in man. Four, to encourage and promote the study of the scriptures, comparative religions, psychology, philosophy, modern practical and occult science. Five, to extirpate current superstition, skepticism, and ignorance. Six, to learn, know, and understand the operation of Yahweh's eternal purpose through the dispensations and ages. Seven, to discern and avoid being deceived by Lucifer, the serpent, the devil, the dragon, or Satan and his demons operating the mystery of iniquity on earth through the dispensations of time. Eight, to earnestly contend for the common salvation and faith which was once delivered unto the sons or children of Yahweh. Nine, to make known that Yahweh from the beginning ordained, there is no other name given among men whereby man can be saved, saving the name of Yahshua the Messiah. And ten, to inherit eternal life now in the kingdom of Yahshua the Messiah with the hope of immortal glorification in the new earth state. Our watchword is peace and our slogan is speak the truth. We'll begin this afternoon with a prayer by Dr. Bruce Geller from our Oceanside class. And we'll have a scripture read which will be John the sixth chapter verses 28 through 71. And that'll be read by Dr. Jerry Geller from our Oceanside class.
1: Thank you, Dave. And good afternoon and evening to everyone. Let us all bow our hearts and minds in a moment of prayer and let us thank our heavenly father Yahweh who's seen fit to bring us all together again in the spirit of Yahshua the Messiah. And we're so grateful for that spirit because we know that before we came in contact with this teaching, we knew not one single thing about Yahweh and his purpose. We knew nothing. We were dead on arrival, and you, Yahshua, have raised us from the dead, and we're so grateful for that. Psychologically and spiritually, you have raised us, and we're so grateful for that that blessing. We just ask you to continue to strengthen us in these last days because the devil is uh, on his job. He's doing a fantastic job, as a matter of fact. And just what you set them up to do, and we know that you're, through your spirit we we can overcome any difficulty or any problem. And we're just so grateful to know you and to have an, a, a true knowledge and understanding of you. And we have such great gratitude in our hearts, we just are overwhelmed with greatness, with gratitude rather, for you picking us out and choosing us out of the out of the world not because of anything that we've done or anything that we could do we just know that it's through your mercy that you have chosen us to become a part of the family of Yahshua the Messiah and we are so forever grateful for that we want to thank you for that and all these blessings and all the The wonderful things that you've given us, we thank you for in the name of our Savior, Yahshua the Messiah, let us all say.
2: Hallelujah. Hallelujah. Good evening, class. Tonight, I'll be reading John, the sixth chapter, verses 28 through 71 from the Holy Name Bible containing the holy name version of the Old and New Testaments, critically compared with ancient authorities in various manuscripts, revised by A.B. Trana of the Scripture Research Association, Incorporated, College Park, Maryland. Then said they unto him, What shall we do that we might work the works of Elohim? Yahshua answered and said unto them, this is the work of Elohim, that ye believe on him whom he hath sent. They said therefore unto him, What sign showest thou then that we may see and believe thee? Or dost thou work? Our fathers did eat manna in the desert. As it is written, he gave them bread from heaven to eat. Then Joshua said unto them, Verily, verily, I say unto you, Moses gave you not that bread that comes from heaven, but my father giveth you the true bread from heaven. For the bread of Elohim is he that cometh down from heaven and giveth life unto the world. Then said they unto him, Rabbi, evermore give us this bread. And Yahshua said unto them, I am the bread of life. He that cometh to me shall never hunger. He that believeth on me shall never thirst. But I said unto you that ye also have seen me and believe not. All that the father giveth me shall come to me. And he that cometh to me, I will in no wise cast out. For I came down from heaven, not to do mine own will, but the will of him that sent me. And this is the father's will, which hath sent me that all of which he hath given me, I should lose nothing, but should raise it up again at the last day. And this is the will of him that sent me, that everyone which seeth the son and believeth on him may have everlasting life, and I will raise him up at the last day. The Jews then murmured at him because he said, I am the bread which came down from heaven. And they said, is this not Yahshua, the son of Joseph, whose father and mother we know? How is it then that he saith, I came down from heaven? Yahshua therefore answered them and said unto them, murmur not among yourselves. No man can come to me except the father which hath sent me draw him, and I will raise him up at the last day. As it is written, in the prophets and all the children shall be taught of Yahweh every man therefore that hath heard and have learned of the father cometh to me not that any man hath seen the father save he which is of Yahweh he hath seen the father verily i say unto you he that believeth on me hath everlasting life i am that bread of life your fathers did eat manna in the wilderness and are dead This is the bread which cometh down from heaven, that a man may eat thereof and not die. I am the living bread which came down from heaven. If any man eat of this bread, he shall live forever. And the bread I will give is my flesh, which I will give for the life of the world. The Jews therefore strove among themselves, saying, How can this man give us his flesh to eat? Then Yahshua said unto them, Verily, verily, I say unto you, except ye eat the flesh of the Son of Man and drink his blood, ye shall have no life in you. Whoso eateth my flesh and drinketh my blood hath eternal life, and I will raise him up at the last day. For my flesh is food indeed, and my blood is drink indeed. He that eateth my flesh and drinketh my blood dwelleth in me, and I in him. As the living Father hath sent me, I live by the Father. So he that eateth me, even he shall live by me. This is the bread which came down from heaven, not as your fathers did eat manna and are dead. He that eateth of this bread shall live forever. These things he said in the synagogue as he taught in Capernaum. Many of his disciples, when they heard this, said, This is a hard saying. Who can hear it? When Yahshua knew in himself that his disciples murmured at it, he said unto them, Does this offend you? What in if ye see the Son of Man ascend up where he was before? It is the Spirit that quickeneth. The flesh profiteth nothing. The words that I speak unto you, they are spirit. And they are life. But there are some of you that believe not. For Yahshua knew from the beginning who they were that believed not and who should betray him. And he said, Therefore, therefore said I unto you, that no man can come unto me except it were given unto him of my father. From that time, many of his disciples went back and walked no more with him. Then said Joshua unto the twelve, Will ye also go away? Then Simon Peter answered him, Rabbi, to whom shall we go? Thou hast the words of eternal life. And we believe and are sure that thou art the Messiah, the son of the ever-living. Joshua answered them, Have I not chosen you twelve, and one of you is an adversary? He spake of Judas Iscariot, the son of Simon for he it was that should betray him being one of the 12.
0: Thank you, Dr. Geller and Dr. Bruce Geller and Dr. Jerry Geller. Our scripture readers this evening will be Dr. Peg Triveson from our Syracuse class and Dr. Bonnie Snyder, the Dean of our Artwork class. And our And our first speaker, And our first speaker this evening will be Dr. Dr. Bonnie Snyder, the Dean of our Artport
3: class. Well, good evening. evening. (laughs) I'm very happy and glad to be here and to have a testimony. I thought I was reading, but that's okay, that's good. I have been thinking about the ages and for a while now and been listening to some of the stuff that has been being taught about it. So I'd just like to talk about the ages a little bit. And um, I and I I'll look at the scripture too, um, maybe a little later if I have time. And I do you have three speakers tonight. Doesn't matter. You can just tell me when I'm done. <laughs> All right. Um, Okay. So I'd like to get 2 Timothy two, fifteen 15 through 19, please. Second Timothy 2 Timothy 2, I don't know who does your charts. If it's Greg, that would be great. I'd yeah. like to have um, the elementary chart, what we used to call the elementary chart up, please. Thank you. Okay, go ahead.
4: 2 Timothy 2, 15. Study to show thyself approved unto Yahweh, a workman that needeth not be
3: ashamed, light, rightly dividing the word of truth. But okay. Sean. Pro- so, read that again, please. And I'll be interrupting you. And I I, I don't know how else to do it, but interrupt. <laughs> it's fine. It's uh, I think fine. we'll still get it that you have to sometimes. Go ahead.
4: Yeah, no problem. Study to show thyself approved unto Yahweh, a uh-huh. workman. Study to show thyself approved unto Yahweh. Read a workman that needeth not be ashamed, uh-huh. Right, rightly dividing the
3: word of truth. So rightly dividing the word of truth and the word of truth are the ages that he set up. So we need to know a little something about these ages. And, you know, there's a lot taught about the ages and there has been a lot taught about the ages in the past. But when I was studying this particular chart, one of the things that I recognized was at the very top of the chart, where it says that the pattern or plan of salvation and where you have Yahweh Elohim in his creative motion right there in the beginning, right? So you have Yahweh Elohim creating, and then I, I really need to see all the pictures, though, but that, I think it's wonderful that you you, you can do this. <laughs> um, okay, great. Oop. okay that's good all right so anyway you have um from beginning and and it says on here that he's from eternity to eternity so this is him from beginning this is Yahweh Elohim in his creative motion and it's really Yahshua you know that he's the creator so it's Yahshua from beginning until ending and what I could see about the circles up here was This was how he moved the purpose. He does have a purpose. We'll read about that too, but he's got a purpose and he moves the purpose from beginning to end through this chain of events. It's also the chain that's talked about in Revelation. I believe it's Revelation. I hope I wrote it down. Let's get this Revelation 21 through three, please. Revelation 20 verse one. And I saw an angel
4: come down from heaven, having the key of the bottomless pit and a great chain
3: in his hand. And he okay, made So he saw an angel, John, seeing this in a vision. And he see just like Moses saw what you see up here in this vision. And so John is saying this, that he's seeing this in a vision, and he sees an angel come down from heaven. Well, whenever you see an angel coming down from heaven, that's going to be Yahshua. He's the one that came on down. He's the angel that comes down from heaven. All right. And, you know, heaven, everybody's got a concept. Everybody in the world for sure has a concept and a theory about what heaven is. But if you look at the charts and you think about what is in heaven, if you look at the second set of uh, charts on this particular um, you know, if you get the top of it is the one and then this chart, the uh, death, burial and resurrection plates on the second part and then the, the death, burial and resurrection plates on the third part of it down. If you look where Yahshua goes through his death, burial and resurrection ascension and pours out the Holy Spirit then that's where heaven is opened up. And that's where you have Yashua the Messiah in his ascension there. And then you have heaven being opened and all the plates across the top there until you get to the Sabbath is the, is heaven being opened up. And so what you have there, and could you make it just a little bit bigger so I can read it or I can read it out of my own chart, but you have in here, here written is Um, Which one one do you want to read? read? I'm sorry. Um, Just the bottom of the plates where heaven is opened up. Thank you. That's good. Okay. So what you have in the first one, he's king of kings, and this is Joshua. He's king of kings. He's ruler of rulers. He's the first and the last. He's the beginning and the ending. So that's after he goes through his death, burial, and resurrection. These things about heaven are opened up. So what you have then is heaven is spirit, a spiritual state of mind or a spiritual state of existence. That's what heaven is. And, and especially now after Yahshua's gone through his death, burial and resurrection, it's a spiritual state of existence. And so, you know, I, I can recall where Dr. Kinley said that he doesn't, he, he, lived, he lived on the earth plane. But he, it, this is not where he, where he dwelt, he dwelt in heaven. And that was a spiritual state of looking at everything according to the way Yahweh set it up. All right, so let's go back to look at the entire chart so I can see the top of it again. Because I get pretty wordy trying to explain this and I'll, I'll take up too much time. All right, so anyway, you have Yahshua here from beginning to ending. And what I could see was when I came to, well, first of all, you have him in his creative motion. He's the creator of the universe and he created um, heaven and earth. And what you have is in your chaotic chaotic state, we'll just get this one verse. And then I wanna go to the third circle and show you something there. So let's go to, um, is it Genesis 1 and 2 on here? Yeah, Genesis 1 and 2. Genesis 1, verse 2, and the earth was without
4: form and void, and darkness was upon the face of the deep, and the
3: spirit of Yahweh moved upon the face of the waters. Okay, so this is what Moses is receiving in the vision that he, re, that he got. Moses is looking at, looking at this, and he's writing it down, and he's saying, because he, he on the road, Genesis, and he's saying, in the beginning, the beginning of what? The beginning of the vision that he had in the beginning read please in the beginning elohim created the heaven and the earth so yeah the- elohim creates the heaven and the earth see read and the earth was without form and void and, darkness- and so void there the earth was without form and it was void that's how it came in and dr kinley the way that he always taught this was it was that way it it was it was exactly that way um because the, 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 that's the way Yahweh was he, when he, he was not that he was chaotic, but he was in a state where he could not be uh, known by man. And then he comes into a shape and a form. So he made the earth to reflect that, that it was without shape and form, then it comes into shape and form. All right. So that's your Genesis 1 and 1 and 2. Uh, we'll read through two and darkness was upon the face of the deep, and the Uh spirit of Yahweh Elohim moved upon the face of the waters. So that was in a chaotic state, and you wonder, and you might still be wondering, why it is that this earth plane that we live in is in such a chaotic state. Well, it started out that way, and the end is declared from the beginning. In this school, we've learned that. This is one of the things we've learned in this vision and revelation. That the end of something is declared right from the beginning. So if it started out in a chaotic darkness, that's what the end of it's going to be. And this earth plane is definitely in a chaotic state, politically, economically, you know, any way that you want to look at something ecclesiastically, of course. But you just have a really lot of chaotic and different opinions and a lot of things flying around. And it's chaotic and it's supposed to be that way but what you had in the beginning was the spirit of Yahweh Elohim then is moving on the face of the waters and he's the one that's going to bring that light in and you also have him at the end of the thing you know he's carrying out his purpose exactly the way it's going to be and that he just like he's the light of the world when he comes in as Joshua the messiah he's the light of the world back here in the in the creation he brought the light in you understand and you also have him at the end of this thing he's still going to be the light of this world he's the only light any of us have you understand everything else that you see and you know and this is a huge statement but it's absolutely true that there is nothing that is taught out there in the world that doesn't come from a man. All your, everything comes from a man, researching and doing their thing and making up stuff and you know, whatever you're doing. Only thing that's 100% pure is the teaching that came forth from Yahshua. Only his ways, only his words. You understand? Those are the things that are worth looking into and hanging on to, especially where we are in time. We're right down to the end of the age, folks. And, and it's pretty obvious to see that right now. All right. So anyway, you got that chaos. And I want to go on to the third plate and if you or the third circle. And if you could make that just a little bit bigger for me and then go back to Revelation 20, please, where we were. revelation we were. Yeah. revelation 20 and one okay oh hang on
4: uh well that's perfect right, right there it's giving, me a hard time. it's giving me a hard time hang on one minute revelation 20 and one was it correct okay and i saw an angel come down from heaven Having right, the key now, Joshua, Messiah. I saw an angel come down from heaven, read on please. Having the key of the bottomless pit
3: and a great chain in his hand. So he had the key to the bottomless pit and we can talk about that sometime, but he had a great chain in his hand and that's the chain that the seven dispensations and we're going to talk about the dispensations and we'll go to that chart when we do it, but that's that great chain and this up here is the chain of events that move the purpose from beginning to end see how they're chained together this is the chain of events and yashua was the one that had these you know he set up all the things that would be accomplished to bring all this to his desired end he set up all these things all right okay go ahead and keep reading this one more
4: thing i want there Verse 2, and he laid hold on the dragon, that old serpent, which is the devil and Satan, and bound him a thousand years. Okay, I'm not going to
3: work with that tonight. We can work with that sometime. He bound him a thousand years. That's that one day that Yahshua the Messiah resurrected from the dead. That day, Satan was bound. And I read the transcript just lately where Dr. Kinley talked about all the leaders, the scribes, the Pharisees, they closed themselves in that day and tried to figure out what it was that they were going to do. It shut their mouth. You understand? We talk about that more sometime. But, you know, everything, everything brings up something else. And I want to really stick with these ages. All right. So if we go back to this circle, you have here the fall of Adam. And then this is what's in this particular circle, this, the third circle. You have the fall of Adam, and he's got verses with it. We're going to skip some of the verses. Then you have the flood. Then you have the Melchizedek priesthood. This is all what's in this chain of events, that these are the things that are going to move the purpose to Yahshua the Messiah. Yahweh set up certain documented witnesses that are going to move these there. See, and they're going to be witnessed not just in just the fall of it, but it's going to be witnessed throughout the law and the testimony. All right. So then you have the fall, the flood. You have the Melchizedek priesthood, and you have the Abrahamic promise right here. You have the um, the law coming in. And so you got Moses right there. Then you have the prophecy of the birth and life of Yahshua the Messiah. So this is the pro- the law and the testimony prophesying of Yahshua's birth and his life and his ministry is all in here it's all in this one area all right the creation's finished that's another part of this and you have this river going through here and I'd just like to say this about the river and I know that I think I've probably talked about it before because it's been something on my mind for a while let's go ahead and get uh, revelation 22nd chapter verse 1
4: Revelation 22, verse
3: 1 And he showed me a pure river of water of life. Okay, again, John on the Isle of Patmos, he's seeing this in a vision. And Yahweh Elohim or Yahshua is showing him this pure river of water of life. Read clear as crystal, proceeding out of the river, is clear as crystal. It's clear. Well, this really, this whole river, and it goes on through the, this, this next circle, goes kind of like, well, we'll see it again in, in a minute. But this, this river proceeds out of the throne of Yahweh. So it's really the spirit that this river is like, this river is a type in a shadow of the spirit of Yahweh coming on down into the earth plane. You see how it's coming on down into the earth plane, and it's moving along. It's a pure river of water of life, clear as crystal. You see how it goes from one to the next one over here in Yahshua's resurrection and ascension plate or a circle. (laughs) I always call them plates, but that's where that circle is. See, it's going from one place to the other and it's really coming down and going back. It's coming down and going back. That's that spirit. That's heaven, folks. The spirit of heaven. All right, or you know, an elevated way of looking at something. All right. So anyway, would you read that verse again, please, Peggy? Yes, twenty-two, one,
4: and he showed me a pure river of water of life, clear as crystal,
3: proceeding out of the throne of Elohim and of the Lamb. So in it's, the midst this river that's coming out of here in John's vision now is clear as crystal and so it and this is something that is so important for us to think about right now everything that is taught should be clear as crystal should be just clear and plain and you know simple if you if you like to use that word but it should be organized enough so that people can see exactly what it is that you're trying to get across. You know, we're trying to show this thing as best we can. And I'm not trying to tell people how to teach. I'm not, I'm not even into that at all. I, I, I love hearing what everybody has received from Yashua and, and, you know, that's my thing. I just, I like everybody. But we really need to look at some of these things that he said when he says something, it's clear as crystal. And you know, that was one thing about the way Dr. Kinley taught things. It's clear, it's clean, it's plain. You don't have to sit around and scratch your head. I wonder if it's this way, I wonder if it's that way. You know, even if you look at the name of Yahshua, which we'll also talk about when we get to Moses, when you think about him receiving the name and giving us the name and, and, we didn't have to we had the witnesses there it was backed up in the scriptures that that's what his name was it was backed up in the creation we breathe his name it's the very first thing we're given when we're born we're given that name of the the breath of life which was his name Yahweh see and then when Yahshua came he came in his father's name and all of us had a witness to that we came in our father's name you understand and so all the things that we were taught in this school, they were clear and they were clean and they were witnessed. It's the witnesses that makes it clear, see? And so, I don't, I don't know, I always get off on witnesses. So, um, so I wanna go back to the third uh, uh, circle again. And I wanna talk about these witnesses that Yahshua set up to move the purpose along. Now I want you to go ahead now and get the ages chart for me, please. Thank you. Okay, so on here and now these chain, this chain of events here is the, is the dispensations that are within these ages. And there's seven dispensations and that's according to the seven steps of the tabernacle. But what I wanna do is I wanna look at the dispensations and I want you to think a little bit about what it is that each one shows us to move the purpose from beginning to end. Because you know, the purpose of Yahweh's moving, whether we're in agreement with it or not, it's gonna go on without, you know, I I forget what the word he used, there's gonna be no obstruction to the way that he has set things up. And he's gonna be satisfied at the end of this fourth age, when we get ready to go over into the fifth age, He's going to have accomplished everything that he set up to do in the beginning. It's going to be just that way, see? And our best way to do it is just get on board with the way that he's done things, see? So I want to go here to the Adam. What That's the first dispensation is the Adamic dispensation. And so just think about, and I'm just going to do it very briefly and show you. I want 1 Corinthians 15. 21 through 22. Because so what was established in that dispensation that moved the purpose from there to the next dispensation? You understand? And when you get to the end of this, you're going to see that he's doing something in every dispensation to move us from one to the next. Where I say us, it was them back there. But we are in this sixth dispensation and we're getting ready to move into the seventh. You understand? There's going to be something happening to move you along. Okay, go
4: ahead and read that, please. First Corinthians 15, 21. For since by man came death, by man came also the resurrection from the dead. For as in Adam all die, even so in Yahshua shall all be made alive.
3: So in Adam all die. So that's what happens in your first dispensation. In Adam all die. And it's written two different places on the chart here. See, in Adam all die right up there at the top and then down in here is a, so what you have is you have, well, it's not written twice. I'm, I had, I, I, I can't remember why I <laughs> Anyway, you have um, in, in Adam all die is really the thing that is we look at when we look at what happened with Adam and what happened in that dispensation is they came on out of the garden, They were, they, you know, disobeyed the law of Yahweh. They came on out of the garden. And in in that, what happened there in Adam all die. And that moves the purpose Then this is how Yahweh set it up. There's certain things on here and it's repeated over and over on all the charts. It's not just on this chart and the top of the elementary chart. It's on the bottom of the age uh, of the covenants chart. You know, it's on the bottom of the Moses chart where he's got certain things on there that you can look at, that he's moving the purpose along just the way that he wants you to see things. And it's a great recognizing that he's doing it exactly the way that he set it up. And there's very, (laughs) the best thing you can do is just look at it. (laughs) All right, so anyway, Um, did you read through 22? Yes, if for an Adam all die, even so in Yahshua shall all be made alive. Okay, so an Adam all die, even so in Yahshua shall be all made alive. All right. So then let's go to the Noaic, which is your second dispensation. And that remember they're in the circles. I'm talking about the things that were in the circles, and that's what Yahweh's doing from beginning to end. He's moving the purpose along. Okay. So let's get Matthew 24, 37 through 40. And I think uh, there's a couple other verses I want with this. Matthew
5: 24, 37, Bonnie.
3: Yes, thank you, Reba. Then I want Genesis 6 and 5 and Genesis 6, 9 through 13. Because there's really something. And all these things are pointing to or showing us. Just like in Adam all die. And he puts right in there, and that was Paul writing that in Yahshua shall all be made alive. By one man, sin comes into the world. One man's sin is taken out of the world. It's all point now what Yahshua's gonna do, you understand? But this is how he moved it along. All right, go ahead and read that, Matthew, please. Uh,
5: 25, 34, you said?
3: 25, 24,
5: 37. Okay, I was in the wrong chapter. I wanted to check that. Uh, 24, Matthew verse 34 verily i say 37
3: to you. is 24 37
5: okay but
3: as this i'm um,
5: sorry but as the days of noah were so shall also the coming of the son of man be
3: okay now this Wait. is yeah speaking just as in the days of noah were so shall the coming of the son of man be read or
5: as in the days that were before the flood, they were eating and drinking, marrying. So
3: t- and- he's telling you what's happening, what's happening at the time of the flood. And that was something that happened before, just before the end of that age. Isn't that right? Mm-hmm. And yes. no, this is the time that Noah's preaching that 120 years, see. And he's they're getting ready to pass over. So go ahead and read that. Read it again, please. I'm sorry. Or- oh, you're good.
5: For as in the days that were before the flood, they were eating and drinking.
3: Now, as they were eating and drinking, read. Marrying and giving in marriage. Marriage and giving up marriages. Go ahead and read. Until
5: the day that Noah entered into the ark and knew not until the flood came and took them all away, so shall
3: also the coming of of the son of man be also shall be the coming or his appearing at the end of this creation that we live in mm-hmm. and so this is the whole point of that they were going on and you could put a, whatever you put in there but they were eating and drink, they were just living their lives they're just you know right. not thinking about the creator and, and you'll find out through these other verses that I got, they were only evil continually. They were marrying, they were giving up marriages. They were just doing whatever they darn well felt like they were doing. And it's just like it is today, right. everybody. And you know, you can't even say anything even in your own families, you know, you can't, <laughs> oh, you're not inclusive. You're not this, you're not that. You you. It's just like everything has become just fine, you know? <laughs> And it's just hellish behavior and, and hell and it comes from your thinking carnally, just carnally and selfish and lustful instead of thinking about what thus saith Yahweh and how it is that you could get to know him and have some life, eternal life with him. See. And so I want you to get these other couple of verses about Noah. Uh, dr schneider five minutes please okay thank you
4: genesis (laughs) Genesis five and elohim saw that the wickedness of man was great in the earth and that every imagination of the thoughts of his heart
3: was only evil continually okay so the the imagination back there with Noah of his heart was only evil continually all right read Mm -hmm. six nine through 13 please verse nine these are the generations of
4: noah Noah was a just man and perfect in his generations, and Noah walked with Elohim, and Noah begat three sons, Shem, Ham, and Japheth, and the earth was corrupt before Yahweh, and the earth was was corrupt before Yahweh,
3: read, and the earth was filled with violence, and the earth was filled with violence, and by the word violence comes from violate, that's violence, the world was filled with violence, see, go ahead and read. 12 and Abraham looked upon the earth and behold it was corrupt for okay all so gonna, i want you to go to abraham and isaac now because i want to at least get through moses before i get done so abraham and isaac get me genesis 12 1 through 3 which is the promise well maybe i'll just say that because most of you recognize that the promise came in here with this is your third dispensation Remember, we're moving the purpose along. This is the third dispensation. And this is where the promise was given to Abraham. See, Mm -hmm. it's right there on the chart. Genesis 12, one through three, if you want to read it sometime. That's when he was promised that in his seed, all nations of the earth would be blessed. So Jew and Gentile was given the promise. Mm -hmm. All nations were given the promise. All right. But I want you to go to Genesis 15 and six. Genesis
5: 15, verse six. And he believed in Yahweh and was counted and counted it to him for righteousness. All right. So Abraham
3: believed Yahweh and it was accounted unto him for righteousness. And Mm. that was one of the things that was seen in here. That's your milk. That's coming in on that third dispensation. That's how he's moving this along. All right. All right. Now I want you to go to the law where Moses, um, if you can remember the other chart you had, um moses is going to come in with the law right there and it's going to be um moses is going to be the one the mosaic law it says right there but you have him being the one that's responsible for giving you you know bringing in the old testament the old covenant the old law the all the things that happened back there under that fourth dispensation really came from and there's a lot of other things that happens in the dispensations you know um there's a lot of other things, but these are the main ones, these, these are the ones that he repeated over and over on these charts, all right, and so, um, exodus 25, verse 1, 8, 9, and 40, please, and I want to just read something really quick, because I know my time is out, but I want to read this.
5: Exodus this, 25 and 1, and okay, you
3: always well, take please, Reba, I want to read something out of a transcript. This is okay. verification of the pattern in biblical history. It's out of the old Ohio blue book, number 10. And it's on page six. As you will recall from the lesson covering the revelation, the period Moses spent atop Mount, atop the Mount in Mount Sinai was the most important event in biblical history. Since it was there that Yahweh revealed to Moses which he was in the midst of the phenomenal cloud, the complete pattern of the universe. So that was, the, this is what Dr. Kinley called the most important event in biblical history was receiving that pattern, you understand? So just get those couple of verses and then I'll be done. Exodus 25 and one, and Yahweh spake unto Moses
5: saying, verse eight, and let them make me a sanctuary that I may dwell among them
3: okay go to because we read these all the time you know that that's how Moses received it he received it right from Yahweh himself and that's what he received back here in this fourth dispensation and that was the thing Yahweh moved, you know used to move these dispensations along and these are are linked together they're all mm-hmm. linked together it's a chain of events you understand yes.
5: okay read 40 verse 40. And look that thou make them after their
3: pattern, which was showed thee in the mount. Okay, so that was the the pattern. Do you know the other thing that was revealed to Moses back there was the name? The name was revealed. So then you have Yahshua the Messiah coming in, and you're going to be going into the fourth age and the fifth dispensation and the sixth dispensation, which I'm not going to have time to talk about. But what you have is Yahshua goes through his death, burial, and resurrection, and he has to reveal... You know, if you think about heaven being opened up and all of these things being opened up, and just like the apostles taught at the beginning of this age and preached the gospel, and the things that they showed and revealed where both mysteries had to be understood. You had to understand the mystery of Yahweh and what he's doing through the dispensations and ages. And then you had to understand the mystery of iniquity and how he's opposing the righteous spirit through the dispensations and ages. And there's just a, so much in these things. I just wanted to show you how those things went together according to the um, the two charts and uh, the ages that we've been looking at. and um, I have a lot more, but that's it. So I thank you very much for the time and uh, I'll give it back to the moderator for the next speaker. Thank you. And I'll read now.
0: (laughs) Thank you, Dr. Snyder. And our next speaker will be from our Oceanside class, Dr. Bruce Geller.
2: Be right there.
1: Thank you. Very happy to have something to say about this wonderful teaching that we're all a part of. Um, I've been thinking a lot lately, and I want to bring, hopefully we'll be able to bring this out, As I've been thinking recently about how we have to believe the things that we're being taught in this class. I mean, that is essential that we believe them. And I've been thinking about, well, how is it that we come to believe these things? Uh, are we doing that of our own uh, volition, of our own selves? Or how does this take place? Now, I had made mention in the prayer that we do nothing about Yahweh, before we came into class and the founder himself said that we all came in the same way we were dead on arrival. Meaning, not that we weren't breathing, because you know, uh, we wouldn't have been able to walk into, into the classroom if we weren't breathing, but we were not alive spiritually and psychologically. And we were dead, in other words. And we found in uh, Romans, the eighth chapter, that to be carnally minded is death. My point is, is that we didn't know more believe in Yahweh at, at that point when we first came into class, than the man in the moon, if I can use that term, we knew nothing about Yahweh. And you know, if you don't know something about something, how are you going to believe in it? And in romans i believe it is the 10th chapter if you could get that i just want to bring out that this spirit of yashua the messiah is doing a lot for us it's 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 changing us of course but it's also causing us to believe which by the way was also in the scripture john the sixth chapter and i'd like to touch upon that too but if you could read Romans where it talks about how shall they believe how shall they hear and so on and so forth just keep in mind and I think that we will all uh, all agree on this that before we came into this class we knew nothing about Yahweh not one single thing and I've heard people even try to argue with that well I knew God and you didn't know the Yahweh that we're talking about, folks. None of us did. Mm-hmm. In fact, I went to Hebrew school, Mr. Mr. Uh, uh, let's put it this way. I went to Hebrew school never once. And, and keep in mind that the Hebrews were the ones that were given the covenant, the old covenant. They were given the name. And I never once heard it in all the time that I was in Hebrew school, because they won't say it and they won't teach it. So I don't think any of us can claim that we knew anything about our heavenly father and about Yahshua the Messiah. We were not taught these these things. How could we know them? And how could we believe in something that we didn't know anything about? We didn't. Flat out, we just didn't. Now look at the change that's been made, folks. Look what's look what's look what Yahweh has done for us. Now, read that in Romans, if you would. I, I think you all know what I'm talking about, but just get it in the book.
4: 1013 of Romans. For whosoever shall call upon the name of Yahweh shall be saved. How then... Okay. Shall they call on him in whom they have not believed?
1: Uh, folks, h- how are you gonna call on somebody or anything that you don't have haven't believed in? Mm-hmm. I mean, you can't even call on your car in the morning that when it's when it's fortunate enough to start for you. You can't call on it if you don't know anything about it. Can't say, well, geez, what a great dependable car I have. You can't even do that unless you don't know, have some kind of uh, ability to see what it's done done in the past or what it could do in the future. But we do nothing about Yahweh. None of us did. None of us uh, knew anything. So look what it is that we've been given. A knowledge and an understanding. I'm not You know, I'm not trying to make it into something that it isn't. It's just that's clean and clear, too. But go ahead and and, uh, read, Peg. And how
4: shall they believe in him of whom they have not heard? And how how shall they hear?
1: hear? I'm sorry, Peg, I'm interrupting. How are you going to believe in something that you haven't heard anything about? Mm
4: -hmm.
1: You just you're not going to do that. Right. I mean, you might make something up. And plenty of people do make stuff up. But <laughs> that, no, we know that. We can see that quite clearly. What's going on in the world. And what's going on in our own heads. And so we have to be patient to wait for Yahshua to show us what's real and what isn't. And not be deceived into thinking that we can just make something up and that would that would satisfy yahweh because it doesn't Mm -hmm. but go ahead peg i'll I'll eventually let you finish and then maybe we'll get to john the sixth chapter
4: and how shall they believe in him of whom they have not heard and how shall they hear without a preacher
1: so you gotta hear you gotta hear you gotta believe You have to know something, and that's the way Yahweh set the thing up. You need to know, and it's not an academic knowledge, folks, that we're after. As Moses was told by Yahweh, certainly I will be with you. Now, under the new covenant, we know that it's certainly I will be in you, and you will know that. Now, so how are you going to, can you start again, Peg, and I'll try to let you go? Okay.
4: I'm going to start at 14. How then shall they call on him in whom they have not believed? And how shall they believe in him of whom they have not heard? And Mm -hmm. how shall they hear without a preacher?
1: Now folks, I didn't hear one thing in the Hebrew school that my folks sent me to. I didn't hear one thing about Yahweh and his purpose, neither from my parents or from my academia as a child. I didn't know, they they couldn't teach me something that they didn't know. And that's what we were just reading about. Mm -hmm. And how are you gonna believe in something that you don't know nothing about? Now when we come into this class, we know nothing. And in fact, I think this would be a good opportunity to get this scripture because it really defines what we were like before we ever came in contact with Yahweh and his purpose. If you could read for me John the 17th, uh, excuse me, Jeremiah, the 17th chapter in the ninth verse. Because we came in this teaching with a disposition and a heart that was a stony heart, as it was said in Jeremiah and Yahweh's promise folks. And Bonnie was talking about the promise was to give us a new heart and give us an understanding of his purpose. So we could stand on our own two feet and not have to rely on, a dean or another person, but we're relying on the spirit within us. Read Jeremiah 17 and 9, because that will give us some insight, further insight, into the way that we came into this class, all of us. Read it, uh, Peg, or whoever's reading. I want that the heart. I want it. It's dealing the heart, with the heart. Yep,
4: the heart is deceitful above all things and
1: desperately wicked. Who can now know we did, it? We didn't think of ourselves as desperately wicked, did we? We we attributed desperately wicked to well, that's Hitler, you know, or that's uh, Joseph Mengele, mm-hmm. Doctor Doctor Death, or Charles Manson, or some of our other favorite. Uh, uh, villains. But see, that was the state and condition that we were all in before we have undergone a change. Mm -hmm. And what does it say again, Peg? The heart is deceitful above all things and desperately wicked. Who can know (laughs) it? (laughs) It just, it, it, it makes me laugh because and it's really not funny but that's the state and condition that we is there more there peg it says who can know it is is that it i'm not um, following, i'm not following like, along in the book but
4: yeah he's just uh searched search the heart i try the reins even mm. to give every man according to his ways and according to the fruit of his doings
1: okay point i'm trying to make is folks is that with the heart that we came in the door with we we just didn't, couldn't know Yahweh or Yahshua with that heart. And that's why he promised to give us a new one that was tender and that was a heart, as he said, a heart of flesh. And Yahweh Elohim through Yahshua or Yahweh through Yahshua is doing the whole thing himself. Now, Back there in John the sixth chapter, they asked Yahweh, or Yahshua rather, a question. How might we work the works of Yahweh? In fact, can you get that while you're there, Peg? While you're uh, John 6, I think it is, 28. Because I've been thinking a lot lately about just the fact that we have to be believe but of our own selves, we're not capable of believing in Yahshua. He's got to cause us, as he said, and I believe it's in Isaiah or somewhere in the prophets where he said, I will cause you to walk in my statutes Mm -hmm. and in my judgments and you shall keep them and you shall do them. But you're not, you and I are not capable of our own selves. And see, that's the reason why the Holy Spirit was given so that we could believe in Yahweh, not of our own selves. If we could do that, and I know that the founder used uh, the term of being rescued as the same thing as being saved as salvation. They were synonymous. And Israel, no more down there in Egypt, could rescue themselves than the man in the moon. Or, let's take it with us, we are not capable of saving ourselves. If that were the case, then there would be no need for Yahshua the Messiah, because he's the Savior. And that's the way Yahweh set that up. I don't think anybody would argue with that. We don't have the capacity, or we've said this many times before, we we weren't born with, how do we put it, with uh, spiritual, I uh, uh, can't even think of the word now. But spirit we detectors. That's it. We, that's been said many times, with spirit detectors. Mm-hmm. We didn't have the capacity to know spirit. Mm-hmm. And Yahweh now has given us the the, the, the ability mm-hmm. to know him through the spirit, not of our own selves. And they asked Joshua back there, how might we what might we do that we might work the works of, of Elohim? Could you read that, Peg, or whoever's reading, Reba, whoever it is that's got it? John six,
3: okay, go ahead. You know I
1: got stereo. <laughs> John six
5: twenty seven. Labor not for the meat which perish, but for that meat which endure unto everlasting life, which the Son of Man shall give unto you, for him hath Yahweh Elohim the Father sealed. Then uh, said unto- yeah,
1: I'm, I gotta stop you, dear. Okay. <laughs> He said, labor, not for the meat. It sounds like there's work that you got to do, doesn't it? Sounds like you got to do something. Mm -hmm. But you and I are not doing anything. Mm -hmm. He's doing the whole thing himself. I just wanted to bring that out because, and that's not what I'm after is the part about labor, not, but in other words, we're not, that's not where our efforts and our, our are, uh, mm. uh, go ahead Peg. the scriptures speak much better than I do go ahead, Verse 28. Verse 28. Go
5: ahead then said they unto him what shall we do that we might work the works of Yahweh Elohim
1: now I can see why they asked him that can you mm-hmm. he just got through telling them labor not now labor means to to work you know Mm-hmm. labor not for that which perisheth but for that which all right go ahead in 28
5: then said they unto him what shall we do that we might work the works of elohim what do we what can we do that we might work the works <laughs> of elohim read joshua answered and said unto them this is the work of elohim this is he the believe. work of
1: This is the work of Bruce. Nope, Elohim. This is your work.
5: Yahweh Elohim.
1: He said, this is the work of Elohim. This is Yahshua's work. Read.
5: That ye believe on him whom he hath sent.
1: That's Yahshua's work, folks. That would cause us to believe. We're not believing in Yahweh of our own selves. And I don't, I don't, I I mean, if I'm wrong, I want to be corrected about the thing, but I just don't see how we can interject ourselves into this thing and that it'd be right. Because look at, look at the way we came in, look at how we are. We don't, don't have the capability to give ourselves. Didn't Yahweh say back there with Moses that make everything according to that that I've shown thee? Mm-hmm. In other words, he's going to have to show you in order for you to come up with the right conclusion, you got to have a revelation. Why am I screaming, Jerry, by the way? I know. <laughs> you know, this, if this teaching doesn't get you excited, you know, then something's wrong. But I don't know, I've just been thinking so much about, about how Yahweh has given us the ability to, to believe in him and to trust in him. And we don't come up with that of our own selves. We don't have the capacity to do it. And so therefore, he promised Israel back there, I'm going to give you a new heart and a new spirit will I put within you. Now, we're all recipients of that promise. And that promise is a really good (laughs) promise. That's a really good promise. And he's fulfilling it as Bonnie was saying he starts something he himself is the author and finisher of this folks he starts a work in us and he alone finishes it we didn't start anything as Billy Joel says. we didn't start the fire in other words, he starts it and he finishes it. He's the institutor and he's the fulfiller. And you correct me if I'm wrong. He said himself, the founder, that Yahshua was, and, and I was talking to our extinguished dean about this recently, about how that Yahshua uh, is, is a one-man band. He's, the, he's doing it all. He's the one that put Israel into Egypt in the first place. They never thank him for that because they don't see the purpose behind it. I've said in plenty of Passover suppers, they never mention it once that Yahweh himself brought them down into Egypt in the first place, and he brought them out. He's the one that put us In that state and condition that we were in, where it necessitated us to be born again. And we didn't, we have nothing to do with being born from a natural standpoint. And from a spiritual standpoint, it works the same way. I've heard people say, well, you have to position yourself. Look, look at the natural in the birth of a a child. That child doesn't consciously say, well, I got to turn this way in the womb, or I have to turn that way, or now it's time to put my head down in the humble position so that I can be born. That's all done by spirit law. That (laughs) child is not consciously saying, it's time for me to turn over now. It doesn't, my point is, is it doesn't position itself no more than we position ourselves because our names were written in the book of life before the foundation of the world that Yahweh has chosen us before there ever was a physical creation. I mean, what kind of an Elohim are we dealing with here? It sure isn't the Elohim that they told me about in Hebrew school. That was a puny little, little thing. This one has the kind of foresight where he's able to declare the end from the beginning. Oh my goodness, what we're dealing with down here that has that kind of intelligence right. that can do this. And he's doing it all, folks. He's getting, we always say that he gets all the credit and the glory. Well, then we would think that we wouldn't want to take any. As Andy himself said recently, the Dean of Green Bay, why wouldn't you want to give Yahshua the credit and the glory for doing the whole thing? Because he is, he is doing the whole thing. He's instituting, he's setting it up and he's fulfilling it all by himself. And guess what folks? And I hope that I'm not coming across angry or anything like that. Cause I'm not angry. I just know I'm hearing my voice, and it sounds like, you know, (laughs) uh, I'm, I'm just amazed at how far Yahweh has brought us, folks. We can say we know the creator of heaven and earth, that we know the savior of the world. We have been given this, and we can't take any credit for any of it. He's doing the whole work himself. And thank goodness, because what can you do? Think about it. What can you do about anything? You know, we just don't have that kind of ability or power. I just hope that what I'm saying is making sense, because it it's something that I've, I've been given a great deal of thought to. And... They asked Yahshua back there, how might we work the works? What can we, you know, what is it that Yahweh is is requiring of us? And he said, his reply to them was, and this is the only way I can teach it because this is the only way I understand it. This is the work of Elohim. It's, It's clear and it's plain to me I hope it is to you. It's the work of Elohim that you believe on, Yahshua, who he sent. He said it himself. It's not your and my work. And we should be shouting happy, because what, what are you gonna do? You can't do it of your own self. And if you and it's clear also that with the heart that we walked in the door with. We couldn't do much of anything, folks, except if you're smart, just sit down and let somebody that knows something teach you something. We all had to do that, is sit down and just admit, hey, I I, I don't know anything. Teach me. Please teach me. Because if Yahweh through Yahshua doesn't teach you, it's really just this simple. You won't know. And Yahshua said himself, it's the words that I speak unto you. They are spirit and they are life. Isn't that what we come down to class for? Is for eternal life, is for life? I know I do and, and, and I know that's what I want. So Yahweh is fulfilling the desires of our heart too. And we can't worship him with a carnal mind. And that's just exactly the way we came in the door, was with a carnal mind. And we're not capable of believing this teaching. It takes the spirit. It takes a revelation. No more than Paul, who was walking around persecuting the Yashuans, no more than he was able to do, thought he was doing right, too until Yahshua revealed himself to him where he recognized oh geez this thing's a little bit different than, than I thought it was but I don't know it, it, it's just <clears throat> it's just that I'm seeing how important it is that we truly do believe in him Yashua himself said you believe in Yahweh, believe also in me. And obviously, we have to believe, but we have to also recognize who it is that's causing us to believe. And it's through the Spirit. So I hope I made myself clear about that. Um I just, I, I guess I've, I've uh, run out of gas or, whatever the expression is. I've come to the end of, of it, and, and and there's so much more, uh, than what I've, uh, what I've expressed. But, uh, I just hope you got something out of what was said. I, I just hope that Yahshua continues to, to cause me to, make the belief in him even stronger. I pray for that every every second, that he, he make me truly believe and be, you know, counted as a son in righteousness. So I'll just uh, hand it over to the next speaker, and thank you very much for the opportunity to have something to say.
0: Thank you, Dr. Geller. And our third speaker this afternoon will be the dean of our Oceanside class, Dr. Dennis Volpe.
6: I want to say good evening to everyone. I would like to apologize to the people watching on YouTube. We're having uh, an upload bandwidth issue, which I'm going to have to figure out later. But we will. Good evening. Uh... Hello? Good evening, Dr. Volpe. Good evening. This is Dr. Paul Morgan from England. Um, Okay, now continuing on with what we were saying here, uh, I want to go ahead and try to uh, pick up from where the last speaker left off. We were having some issues, and hopefully we'll be able to get this over to uh, upload it to the YouTube channel if it does cut out. So, with that being said, let me pick it up. I thought the first two speakers gave a nice testimony, and what I would like to do is just pick it up from right where they left off. Now, one of the things that I was thinking about while I was listening is how that, in the world, Christianity is led to believe that they have the ability to cause themselves to be, as it were, in a position to go to heaven or to be saved. And, of course, they also believe that it's possible for every man in the in the world to be saved. Now after coming into this school and sitting up and listening to the founder explain the purpose of Yahweh, it became apparent that Yahweh never purposed or intended to save every soul. Now recently I was reading a transcript and Dr. Killing in this transcript was talking about how that everyone has a part to play in the purpose of Yahweh and you are playing your part whether you believe or you're an unbeliever or you're indifferent or whether you uh just uh you know uh uh, don't want to hear anything and you've got your own ideas All of that is your part to play in the purpose. Now, Yahweh has foreordained and purposed right from the beginning that there was going to be two mysteries in operation. Somebody's going to be involved in the mystery of iniquity. And somebody's going to be involved in the mystery of righteousness. Now, what I want to do is I want to run over for a minute to uh, uh, John, the 17th chapter.
4: You want it from one, Dennis?
6: Yes, I want you to start at one, please.
4: These words spoke Yahshua lifted up his eyes to heaven and said, Father, the hour is come. Glorify thy son, that thy son also may glorify thee. As thou hast given him power over all flesh, that he should give eternal life to as many as thou hast given him.
6: Now, this is what I want to talk about. Yahweh gave power to Yahshua the Messiah over all flesh. Truthfully, he has the power over both mysteries. Mm-hmm. And you can see that set up right back in the story of Exodus back there uh, with Moses. Now, Pharaoh down there in Egypt was playing his part in the purpose And Yahweh set him up down there in the land of Egypt to be, as it were, a God in the eyesight of the people. And Yahweh rose him up for that purpose. And then in the ninth chapter, he said, I rose thee up for the purpose that my name might be declared throughout all the earth. Now he told Moses at that burning bush to go down and tell Pharaoh to let my people go. And he said, but I'm sure that he won't because I'm going to harden his heart. Now consider this, when Moses went down there and told them that Yahweh the God or the father, the God of uh, uh, the forefathers of, of uh, uh, the Israel, Abraham, Isaac, and Jacob, sent him down there to command him to let his people go that they might serve him at that mountain. And that he was going to show him signs, and he changed the water into blood and all these other things, Pharaoh's heart was so hardened that those words that he delivered unto Pharaoh did not penetrate his heart and cause him to humble himself before Yahweh. Now, subsequent to that, Yahweh told Moses that I will have mercy on whom I will have mercy, and whom I harden, I'll harden. So Yahweh is controlling the hearts, both of those that he'll have mercy on and those that he's going to harden, that his purpose might play out. And I'll use that example. That's the way Dr. Kinley put it in this tape or in this transcript. Now, what I want you to realize is this. We don't recognize just how powerful of a of a principle it is of the heart itself and the role that it plays in this purpose. Now here he said he had power over all flesh to give eternal life to as many as the Father has given him. Go ahead and read that again, please, would you, Peg? Verse 2. And
4: and thou hast given him power over all flesh, that he should give eternal life to as many as thou hast given him.
6: Now he was not He was not given the, the power by Yahweh to give eternal life to all souls. Yahshua did not come to save the world. He did not come to save every man or every soul. In fact, he didn't come to save every soul that sat up under the preaching of the gospel either. There would be those that would be saved, that would hear the gospel preached, and there would be those that would reject it. Now, the question is, why does one accept it? Why does one reject it? Both have equal intelligence. Both have the ability to comprehend what is being said when it's taught uh, in the class or or, uh, gathering that they were in. The difference lies in the control of what is going on in the heart or the soul of that individual. Now, keep reading for a minute down there in 17 okay
4: verse 3 and this is life eternal that they might know thee the only true Elohim and Yahshua the Messiah whom thou hast sent
6: now right there right wait a minute wait a minute Peggy I'm sorry I know there's probably a slight delay but I'm gonna have to interrupt you as we're going along going on I'm sorry I don't mean to be rude or anything Now, now listen listen then he says that eternal life is to have a knowledge of your creator and Yahshua the Messiah. Mm-hmm. That's what he said. Now, listen, we know that salvation is to receive a knowledge and understanding of the creator. Mm-hmm. That's what it is. Now, what I want you to do is hold your finger there. Uh, let's see, who's my other reader? Is that uh, Bonnie?
5: No, I'm reading for a
6: Reba. Okay. Reba, I go. want you to go over to Jeremiah. Hang on one second. Go to Jeremiah 24 and 7.
5: Jeremiah 24 verse 7. And I will give thee a heart to know me that I am Yahweh. And they shall be my people, and I will be their Elohim. Now listen.
6: Listen. He just said in Jeremiah, uh, uh, there he We know that in Jeremiah, there in thirty-first chapter, he's going to give them a new covenant, and that every man shall know me from the least of them to the greatest of them. Now, he's when he said every man shall know me, he wasn't talking about every to pass. He was talking about every man that he has given a heart to know him. Now, in order for you to come to a knowledge of your creator, to receive this knowledge unto salvation, it requires that Yahweh give you a heart to know him. Go over to, uh, I believe it's Proverbs, the 16th chapter. I think it's the first verse, if I'm not mistaken.
4: Proverbs 16, one. the Go preparations ahead. of the heart in man and the answer of the tongue is from Yahweh.
6: Now listen, your heart, you don't prepare your heart to receive this gospel. The preparation is of Yahweh. He prepares your heart. Mm-hmm. Now when two people sit in that classroom and the same gospel is preached, And one person is moved and has an understanding that is from Yahweh, where the next person who hears the same words, his heart is hardened. And it's hardened according to the purpose, just as Yahweh hardened Pharaoh's heart, so that he would not let the people go. Now, everybody has a part to play, Dr. Kinley said, and some hearts are going to be circumcised by the preaching of the gospel, and some souls that walk in are going to receive a new heart. Get me Ezekiel thirty-six twenty-four, please.
5: For I will take you from among the heathen and gather you out of all countries and will bring you into your own land then will I sprinkle clean water upon you, and ye shall be clean from all your filthiness and from all your idols.
6: Now, once you're brought, now listen, listen, didn't we read in the scripture reading tonight that no man cometh to the Son unless the Father draws him? Yes. Now, listen, Yahshua is the promised land, ladies and gentlemen, that Canaan's land is only a figure or type and shadow of. Now, for you to be drawn to Yahshua, it has to be the Father that draws you. Now, once you're drawn to Yahshua, here's what's going to happen. You're going to be sprinkled with clean water. Now, he's not talking about baptizing you in uh, uh, purified water, H2O. He's talking about you being immersed in the knowledge of, of Yahweh, and the name Yahweh, and the name Yahshua. That's why he commanded the apostles, go ye therefore, and teach all people, baptizing them not in water, but in the name of the Father, and the name of the Son, and the name of the Holy Ghost. And that's what we do when we preach those names to you. We are immersing your heart and mind in the knowledge of those names. Now what I want you to recognize is that is the clean water. Yahshua said, he that believes on me, as the scriptures have said, out of his belly shall flow rivers of living water. So when somebody is on the floor preaching the gospel under the direction of the Holy Spirit from the scriptures, from Mo, the writings of Moses, from the prophets, they are sprinkling clean water upon your heart and mind, your soul. Then will I sprinkle clean water upon you. Go ahead. Now what happens after the the water is sprinkled on you? Read.
5: And you shall be clean from all your filthiness and from all your idols will I cleanse you. Now
6: he said I'm going to cleanse you up from all your concepts, theories, opinions. What else has to happen? Read.
5: A new heart also. I got to
6: give you a new heart. Why? Because the one you walk in the door with cannot know me. That's why in Jeremiah he said, I will give you a heart to know me. Why do you have to know him? Because that's eternal life. And that heart is a heart that can receive the gospel. It can accept chastisement and correction. And above all of that, it is a heart that that, that can love Yahweh. Now, watch in Deuteronomy, go to Deuteronomy 5. I think it's 29, if I'm not mistaken. Go on over there and get that.
4: Deuteronomy 5, 29. Oh, that there were such an heart in them that they would fear me and keep all my commandments always.
6: Now here a... Yahweh says, here Yahweh says, Oh, that there was such a heart in them. Well, wait a minute now, that they would fear him and keep his commandments. Was that like all of a sudden Yahweh was shocked and to find out that Israel wasn't going to be obedient? And, gee, they must be really, you know, something wrong with their heart. Look, if there wasn't a heart in them to keep the commandments back then, to believe Yahweh's promise, and here's really what happened. When those Israelites, the first generation, came up out of the land of Egypt, they got into the wilderness of Sinai, and Yahweh then had... Uh, Moses sent 12 spies over into the uh, land of Canaan. Now, when those spies came back after 40 days, 10 of the spies said, we cannot take that land. There's giants up there. Two of the spies, Yahshua, the son of Nun, and Caleb. Yahshua was Yahweh Elohim, and Caleb had the Holy Spirit said, let us take that land, Yahweh promised us that, and he will fight for us. Now, the people rejected what Yahshua and Caleb said. In other words, they didn't believe it. Mm -hmm. They believed what the false prophet said. What was the problem? Their heart was hard, ladies and gentlemen, after everything Yahweh did for them, delivering them by his own hand out of the land of Egypt and taking down Pharaoh and his mighty uh, uh, soldiers and all of that sort of thing, performing the miraculous things that he did, the people still didn't believe. And as Paul recounted over in Hebrews, the third chapter, he said they had an evil heart of unbelief. Mm-hmm. Now, I want you to know that Joshua and Caleb giving the true report was an example of the law and the prophets. The words that Yahweh spoke was that he would give them that land. That was his promise. And they reiterated Yahweh's words. And the people rejected them because their heart was hard. Oh, that there was such a a heart in them. He knew they didn't have the heart in them because he didn't give them that heart. Now, watch. I also want you to go into Deuteronomy. Uh, uh, Hang on for a second. I got to find it here. He commands them to circumcise their heart. I think that's in the 10th or 11th chapter of Deuteronomy.
5: Uh, 10.16, Dennis?
6: Yes, please read it, Reeb.
5: Circumcise, therefore, the foreskin of your heart and be no more stiff-necked.
6: Now, let's talk about that for just a minute. Circumcising their foreskin of their heart. Now, what that's a type and a shadow of is to show that that covering was a type of the hard heart. Pull up the heart chart for a minute, if you would, Greg. If you have it, there you go, right up there. Now, if you look at, you see that what that is supposed to illustrate, that painting up there, as we call it, or the chart. That is supposed to illustrate the centerpiece with that heart that there's a circumcision going on. On the left side where you see old night and all of those qualities, hate, greed, ignorance, carnal mind, that's all the covering of the heart that makes the heart to be hard. Now under the new covenant, Yahshua is going to chip away or circumcise that hardness of heart. And emerge a heart of flesh or a tender heart that will receive the gospel that is chaste and pure and just and spiritually minded. All of that is necessary for you to be able to believe in Yahweh and his promises. With a hard heart, you can't do it. Mm -hmm. Now, when he told them to circumcise the foreskin of their heart and be no more stiff-necked, Read that part, would you please read?
5: Circumcise therefore the foreskin of your heart and be no more stiff-necked.
6: Now they were stiff-necked or hard-headed. Now watch, the heart and the head work together. Now here's what he does, because they're incapable of circumcising their own heart. Now you say, well how do you know that? Well because, here's what Yahweh sets up. Go on over to Deuteronomy 30 and 6.
4: Deuteronomy 30, verse 6. And Yahweh the Elohim will circumcise thine heart and the heart of thy seed to love Yahweh the Elohim with all thy heart, with all thy soul, that thou mayest live.
6: Now, Yahweh said, he said he was going to circumcise their heart. To do what? Read that again, please.
4: Yahweh Elohim will circumcise thine heart and the heart of thy seed to love Yahweh. To
6: love him. To love him. The old heart is incapable of love. What you look at on this chart on the left-hand side, you don't see the word love written over there. Mm -hmm. But if you look at the right heart on the right side, love is right up at the top there. And that's due to a circumcision that has to take place in order for you to love your Creator. Mm -hmm. In order for you to believe, you need to be circumcised in your heart so that you will humble yourself to the truth and love the truth and love your Creator. And here's why you can't do it yourself. Go over to Joshua, the fifth chapter. Got it, Peg. Start at 1. Yep.
4: Joshua 5, 1. And it came to pass when all the kings of the Amorites, which were on the side of the Jordan westward, and all the kings of the Canaanites, which were by the sea, heard that Yahweh had dried up the waters of the Jordan from before the children of Israel, until we were passed over, that their heart melted. Neither was their spirit in them anymore because of the children of Israel. Read. And at that time Yahweh said unto Joshua, Make these sharp knives and circumcise again the children of Israel. The now here time.
6: Yahweh commanded Joshua to circumcise the Israel again, or a second time. Why they were circumcised physically, so as you know, when they came forth into the land of uh, uh, out of Egypt into the land of wilderness, they were circumcised. Mm-hmm. Now the second generation that was born that is about to go across Jordan and te- conquer the land. That is a figure or a type of those that are born again after the spirit to take their inheritance or to receive their inheritance. That's why they're going to go ahead and fight that battle up there in the land of Canaan. Now they have to be circumcised first to get their inheritance. And they don't circumcise themselves even though they're grown men. Read. Keep reading down.
4: At that time, Yahweh said unto Joshua, make these sharp knives and circumcise again the children of Israel. He
6: commanded Joshua to circumcise their hearts. He didn't say, hand a knife over to have every man take his knife and cut off the foreskin himself. Joshua had to circumcise them, or Yahshua, the son of Nun, who you know was Yahweh Elohim, manifested amongst them, who is uh, mm-hmm. prefiguring at that point Yahshua when he comes in in the days of his ministry. Now watch. Why does Yahshua have to circumcise? He has to be the one to take away that stony heart so that that tender heart will be left to Receive, as it were, the things of the Spirit. Showing when you come into class, your heart is incapable of pleasing Yahweh. Your carnal mind cannot please Yahweh, and your heart is not right with Yahweh. Otherwise, you wouldn't need to get another heart. So the Holy Spirit has to take away that stony heart out of your flesh and then give you a heart to know Yahweh, which is a fulfillment of what he said, and he prophesied in Jeremiah there that we read, when he said, I will give you a heart to know me. Now, without that heart, ladies and gentlemen, you're doing nothing of yourself. You cannot position yourself to receive the Holy Spirit or salvation. You are called according to the purpose. You are called out of darkness, which you would have no way of yourself m- my, uh, uh, navigating your way out of that stingent darkness that you had in your mind and heart when you walked in the door. You are guided by the light of revelation mm-hmm. that brings you out of that state, cuts away that hardness of your heart, and emerges the heart now that is acceptable and tender, that will be obedient and that will believe Yahweh and be dedicated to him and to love him, most of all, to love him. That the problem of the children of Israel is, and I'm going to say it just like it is, they never loved Yahweh. They were commanded to love, them, love him with all their heart, with all their soul and their might, but they didn't. Mm-hmm. And Moses said to the Israelites, what does Yahweh require of thee? He said, but to love him, serve him, obey him. You understand? They were commanded to love Yahweh, to serve him and obey him. That's what Yahweh required. But there has to be the right heart that can that can uh, respond to that uh, requirement. The old heart's never going to respond to it. So you need a new heart when you walk in the door. Now, here's Joshua the Messiah in the 17th chapter of John. And I want you to go back over there for a minute. And we already know that he's only going to give eternal life to the ones the Father has given him to receive eternal life. They were the ones that were that were drawn to Yahshua. No man can come to Yahshua except the Father draw him. He drew Peter and all of them to Yahshua. And he also drew The devil to Yahshua, which was Judas Iscariot that we read about tonight in our scripture reading. He had his part to play. Now, what I want you to know is, down there in the 17th chapter, because I don't have time to get it all, I'm looking at my clock here, I want you to get down to, uh, oh boy, hang on one second while I go over there. I want you to go down to, let's see here. Now, he talks about how eternal life was to know the Father. He talks about in 6 how he manifested his name to the ones that he gave. Read that. Read 6. I have manifested
4: thy name unto the men which thou gavest me out of the world. Thine they were, and thou gavest them me, and they have kept thy word. Now, Yahweh
6: gave those people to him. Listen. Every one of us, as Paul said... In Ephesians, he said that we were chosen in Yahshua from the foundation of the world. Well, who did the choosing? It was Yahweh that chose those souls that would be drawn to Yahshua to receive eternal life. So, here's what we got. He said, "The one that you gave, the ones you gave to me, they have kept thy word." Keep reading.
4: Seven. Now they have known that all things whatsoever thou has given me are of thee. Read. For I have given unto them the words which thou gavest me, and they have received them, and have known surely that I came out from thee, and they have believed that thou didst send me. Read. I pray for, I pray for them. I pray not for the world, but for them which thou hast given me, for they are thine, and all mine are thine. Now watch. Thine thine.
6: The all only mine. ones that The only ones that Yahshua are after here are the ones that the Father gave him. He's only receiving, or if you will, he's only giving the Holy Spirit, that is to say, power over those souls to receive the Holy Spirit, to the ones that the Father gave unto him to give the Spirit to. Now, in the 13th chapter of Matthew, he explained to them when they asked him, why do you speak to them in parables? He says, I speak to them because it's not given for them to know the mysteries of the kingdom, but unto you it is given. Well, who gave it? Who's, the, who's, the, who's doing the giving here? It's Yahweh, the Father, that is giving those souls that knowledge and understanding so that Yahshua can circumcise their hearts that will cause them to love him, to be obedient, and to be all of those things we read over there, and a heart to know him. The old heart can't know him. And unfortunately, when you first walk in the door, that's what you're coming in there with. You're not coming in there with the new heart. You're coming in with that hard heart. You're coming in with that carnal mind and that ignorance and all the other things that we read over there. But now a a change can take place by the power of the Holy Spirit, having power over your heart and mind, your soul, Mm -hmm. to quicken you with his words, by revealing those things unto you that will cause a change to take place in you. That's powerful stuff, ladies and gentlemen, for you to be changed. And some people have walked in that room with the intent of overthrowing this gospel and showing that it was wrong, And while they were there in the chair, they were turned around by the power of the Holy Spirit. Not the power of the speaker, not the power of Dennis or the dean, but it was Yahshua that went down inside their soul, right into their heart, and chipped away that hard heart and caused them to be humbled unto the truth, which by giving them that revelation... It said, the word of Yahweh is sharper than any two-edged sword, cutting asunder between soul and spirit. That sword, when, it, when a baby gets circumcised, he's circumcised with a scalpel that is very sharp. Same principle as a sword. And the preaching of the gospel is the sword of the truth. And when that sword is cutting away all of those theories, it is cutting away that hard heart that allows that new heart then to emerge To believe, to love, to be humble, and to receive the Holy Spirit, to receive the words of eternal life. And that's what the process by which you believe. And listen, you have to believe to please Yahweh. Mm -hmm. You cannot be saved if you don't believe the truth. But you need Yahshua to help you with that believing of the truth by circumcising your heart. There's no other way for you to get your inheritance. The same way the children of Israel couldn't get the inheritance in the land of Canaan unless Yahshua circumcised the foreskins of their heart. Now, I want you to know, let's go back over to our scripture reading here for a minute, if you don't mind. When we read that scripture uh, in John there, Uh, where they asked him, what is the work that a man may do? Uh, I think that's verse uh, 20. uh, What what verse is that again? 28. 28. Start at 28 there for a minute.
5: Then said they unto him, what shall we do that we might work the works of Elohim?
6: Mm
4: -hmm.
5: Yahshua answered and said unto them, this is the work of Elohim, that ye believe on him whom he hath sent.
6: Now watch. The works that the Jews thought were the works back then, that man came to Yahshua not having a clue what the work of Elohim was. So he's thinking, he's going to tell me which one of the Mosaic commandments I have to work on. That's what he's thinking, because he's carnally minded.
3: Mm
6: -hmm. Now what Yahshua tells him is the work of Elohim is not something you're capable of doing. The work of Elohim is to circumcise your heart so that you're able to believe. The work of Elohim is to preach the gospel and open it up to your understanding so you can believe it. Dr. Mm-hmm. Kinley said in a transcript, you don't believe anything you don't understand. Without understanding, you'll never believe this teaching. So it takes the Holy Spirit. His work is to circumcise you and to open up your heart and reveal what's being said by the speaker so that it has that kind of impact in your soul to create or cause you to be converted. And Joshua, when he was asked over there, go back, go hold your finger, go back over to the 13th chapter of Matthew that I called earlier, and I want to go to a specific point because we're running low on time here. Matthew 13, and let me see here. They asked him why he, he speaks to the people in parables. And uh uh hang on for a minute. I, I'm gonna have you read fast, uh uh whoever my reader, let's see here. Uh okay. start at start at ten.
4: Ten. And the disciples came and said unto him, Why speakest thou unto them in parables? He answered and said unto them, because it is given unto you to know the mysteries of the Who kingdom.
6: Who gave of God. it to him? Who gave it to them to know? And by what means? Mm-hmm. It's Yahweh that gave them to know those mysteries. And by what means? By the operation of Yahshua, who is Yahweh Elohim, to circumcise your hearts and to reveal to you what's being said. Read.
4: But to them it is not given, for whosoever hath to him shall be given, and he shall have more abundance. But whosoever has not, from him shall be taken away even that he hath. Read. Therefore, speak unto them in parables, because they seeing, see not, and hearing, they hear not, neither do they understand. Well, why is that? Why
6: is it? Wait a minute. Why is it that they see and don't see, and hear and don't hear, and don't understand? Because it's not given to them. Their hearts are hard. A hard heart's not going to hear. We're not saying they're incapable of comprehending. They just have a hard heart that blocks that knowledge from penetrating down to the core of their soul. That's what that stony heart does. It stops the word from getting in, just like on the outside of an ovum. There's a protective hard shell. In order for pregnation to take place, those sperm have to be able to break down that wall and then penetrate past it to deliver the DNA or the instructions to build a body. It has to get past that hard covering. Now, I want you to know you come in with a hard covering when you walk in the door. And it takes something powerful to break it down and penetrate into you and share that information, just as the sperm does with the ovum, so that a change or an impregnation of the Holy Spirit takes place in your heart and mind or your soul. Read.
4: And in them is fulfilled the prophecy of Isaiah, which saith, By hearing you shall hear, and shall not understand. And seeing you shall see, and shall not perceive. For this people's heart is waxed gross. That's
6: the problem. Their heart is waxed gross. That's the problem of these people. Read.
4: And their ears are dull of hearing, and their eyes they have closed, lest at any time they should see with their eyes, and hear with their ears, and should understand with their heart and should be converted, and I should heal them. Listen,
6: this is what happens when you take away that stony heart, and Yashua opens your eyes by revelation and causes your ear. When we say hear, we mean to comprehend or understand. What that does is cause a conversion to take place in the soul. You those are the processes by which you, ladies and gentlemen, believe in Yahweh, and are quickened to become a new creature. is by your eyes being open, your ears being uh, uh, open, and your heart being open to receive the truth. And that's the work of Elohim. It's not the work you can do. You understand that? It's not something you can go inside yourself and prepare your own heart to receive this. It doesn't work that way. The preparation of the heart is in, is on, in Yahweh, and it's not in man. Keep reading.
4: But blessed are your eyes, for they see, and your ears, for they hear. For verily I say unto you, that many prophets and righteous men have desired to see those things which you see and have not seen them, and to hear those things which you hear and have not heard them. Hear ye therefore, all right. All right. Okay.
6: We're finished with that chapter. We're almost out of time. I got one or two minutes here. So I just want to say this in conclusion. We are not advocating that you don't have to believe in this gospel. You have to believe in order to be saved. And you have to have faith in Yahshua. But if Yahshua doesn't reveal himself to you, then you can't have faith in him. Faith is based on trust because of you having personal knowledge of whoever it is that you're going to trust in. And Yahshua has to make himself known to you for you to truly have faith. So you can't even have faith of yourself. You need Yahshua's help. And that's why Dr. Kinley said these things, and then I'll be done. He said, you need divine help to see this, and you need divine help not to see it. He's either going to harden your heart, or he's going to cause you to receive a new heart. And those are the ways that he operates power over the mystery of iniquity and both the mystery of those of the mystery of righteousness. I hope it made sense. I know I cut a lot of things out, but I wanted to get this out in the short time we had. And I thank you so much for your attention. Again, I'm sorry for the technical difficulties, but I'll hand it back to the moderator. Peace and Yashua.
0: Thank you, Dr. Volpe. We'd like to thank everybody who participated in our Zoom class today. And we'd also like to thank those who have viewed us on YouTube. We hold our Zoom class here every Saturday from 4 to 6 p.m. Pacific time. At this time, I'd like to ask the class to stay muted until the live stream is ended. We'll now be dismissed by the doxology, which is taken from the last two verses of the book of Jude. Now unto him that is able to keep you from falling and to present you faultless before the presence of his glory with exceeding joy. To the only wise Elohim, our Savior, through Yahshua the Messiah, our Sovereign, belong glory and majesty, dominion and power, both before all time and now and ever. Let us all say, Hallelujah.